0: Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for today, and we thank you that there is power in your name, that your name is the name above every other name, that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that you are Lord. And Father, we just draw near to you in these moments, God. We come boldly before your throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in time of need. And Father, we by faith. We just receive. We open ourselves to you. Um, Father, we thank you that you invite us into this relationship with you. That, Father, sometimes our life, it just becomes so common. And sometimes we forget that we have this relationship with you. And so, Father, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us if we've fallen short. Forgive us if we've forgotten about acknowledging you in all of our ways. And, God, would you just bring us into that place of just being aware of your presence, of knowing that you're near, of knowing that you're close. Father, we want to be in relationship with you. We want to pour our hearts out to you, Father, but we also want you to pour in. And so, God, even in these moments we have today, would your presence just be made known in this space? May you shake us out of our apathy. Would you draw us into that deeper place of connection with you? Father, may you just give us the ability to hear your voice. And, Father, for the things that weigh us down tonight, Lord, things that are burdening our spirits, Lord. Would you help us just to lay those things at your feet? Would you help us to cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us? And in exchange for us giving you our anxieties and our worries and our cares, Father, would you just pour your peace into our spirits in this moment, Father? We thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus, that it's in his name we come. It's his name that we receive. So, Father, for every person that's in this room, may they sense your love, may they sense your presence, may they sense your compassion, may they sense your care. Father, nothing can separate us from your love. So, Lord, we're thankful. We're thankful to be in your presence. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit that's with us even now. And we just draw near with everything we are, God. We just wait on you, Father, in this moment. thank you that sometimes you do give us that word of be still and know that you're God and you still our anxious hearts and help us just to rest and abide in your presence. So thank you, Lord, for meeting us here tonight. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and grab a seat. Amen, all right. Yeah, buddy. Well, it's great to be back with y'all. I'm thankful to have a chance to kind of come back. I haven't preached in like three weeks, and uh, so it was great to have a break. Uh, Huge thanks to Brett. I heard he brought the heat last uh, Sunday. Let's give it up for Brett. Yeah. Awesome. One of the things, Brett has, I believe, the spiritual gift of teaching, and so I love giving him opportunity to do that, and we want to kind of get him opportunity to do that some more. And so hopefully over the next few months, you'll be able to hear Brett preach some more because he has a gift and we want God to use it. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, gang, we're going to hit pause on Romans for a couple of weeks, and we're actually going to dive into a sermon series on the church. And so I'm going to do a lot of preaching talking about buildings. Just kidding. Is the church the building? What is the church? It's the people. It's the people who have made a decision to follow Jesus are the church. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the church and what is the church's mission and how God wants to equip the church to fulfill the mission. So that's kind of where we're going for the next few weeks, and I'm pretty excited about it because the Bible is full of a game plan that Jesus has to equip the church to bring transformation. Like, the church isn't supposed to be boring, It's supposed to be the most exciting, life-giving movement on the planet. And so we're going to spend some time relearning, refocusing, and kind of getting back to what the church is really supposed to all be about. You know, there's a lot of people that have gone to a church that haven't experienced the life-giving presence of Jesus. A lot of people have gone to church and have seen a religious spirit or legalism, or they feel like they've heard things that they just don't understand and don't get. People that maybe talked in a way that they didn't understand. And sometimes we've made mistakes as a church, and if you've ever been hurt by the church, I just want to apologize as a pastor, because sometimes the church gets so misrepresented and Jesus, the design he has in the scriptures, and sometimes our expression here is, is so they're so far apart. But what if we could be the church that Jesus designed us to be? What might God do if we were to become the church? that Jesus wants us to be. Come on. And that's kind of what we want to talk about here tonight, is what if we can become that church? What if we can follow that mission and be the people God has called us to be? You see, I think for a lot of us, we have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten the mission that God has given us. And part of that is, you remember that thing that we had there a little while back? I think it was called the pandemic. You remember that? It's like vaguely remember? Well, during that time as a church, instead of going like Jesus commanded us to do, right? What were we told to do? Stay. And so the pandemic has kind of made us all kind of insular, and now we have to relearn that Jesus actually wants us to go and to tell and to make disciples and do all these other things that are go, go, go. And so we have to relearn how to be the church. And so we want to spend some time just talking about that, talking about what does it mean to be the church? What does that look like? And in particular, helping you discern, what is my part as it relates to the church? Do I even have a part to play? Now, there's some of you that have been around with Coastal since we started. Some of you have joined along the way. Some of you over the last few months, we've had an influx of a lot of new people. And some of you are starting to kind of track along with us. And you're kind of starting to like it. And you think, man, this kind of feels like home. Well, wherever you are, I just want to say, whoever's here tonight, you are not here by accident. The Holy Spirit has planned for you to be here. And God wants to speak to you. He does have a plan for your life. And he has a specific way in which he wants to use you. God wants to give you gifts and abilities. Some of you have gifts and abilities that are in this room and you don't even realize it. And God wants to untap the potential that is inside of you and send you on mission. You have a part to play in the church. Every single one of y'all. And God has a specific plan for your life, and a huge part of that plan is figuring out where do I fit in a local church? How does God want to use my unique gifts and abilities to help make disciples and see the mission go forward? So that's kind of some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. Now, some of you are here, and you come from another church. Coastal might not be your home. And we would just say to you, if you come from another church and Coastal's not your home, you are more than welcome here. We hope you come and you get poured into and you feel encouraged and whatever you need, the Lord kind of meets you in this need. But we, we would encourage you, if you have another church that's your home, come here on Sunday nights, be ministered to, but go back and bless your church throughout the week and serve in your church and be a blessing to your pastor. But there's some of you that you're saying, you know what, I think, Coastal might be my home. I think this is the people that I feel God calling me to serve in. And the cool part is, some of you are actually new. Some of you have just joined us for the last number of weeks and months, and and you're feeling like, maybe this is my home. And we would just say, like, over this next few weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about what we feel uniquely God has called us to do. And we're going to spend some time talking about that today. It's interesting because you'll notice the shift in yourself when you kind of start to find your home church, because you'll shift the language from you guys are doing this thing, or you guys are doing this, or you guys do this, and all of a sudden, you'll start saying the word, we. Matter of fact, last week, I was having a conversation with someone, and they were talking about what we were doing as a church, and they said the word, we, and they corrected themselves and said, I mean you guys. And I said, no, no, no. You mean we. And I did that because I wanted them to see something. You are just as much a part of this church as I am. God has called you to partner with us collectively as a church family. And there's something very specific that God has called Coastal Church to do. And you are called to play a part in that. There's something that God wants to use you to do. And we'll get to that in a second. But the foundation for every single church, the mission that Jesus has given to his disciples and to every single church on the planet is this, and it comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. This is what the Bible says. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Let's dive into this a little bit. So Jesus gives his last words to his disciples before he ascends before their very eyes. He tells them to go and to make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives his disciples this commission, this assignment. And what do they end up doing in the book of Acts? They go and make disciples. They actually do what Jesus had said. They were obedient to the commission that Jesus gave them. And what was the byproduct? What was the result of these ragtag group of disciples, these group of fishermen? What was the byproduct of their obedience to Jesus? Thousands and thousands And thousands of lives came to faith in Jesus. Thousands of lives were baptized. Thousands of lives learned the obedience to follow the teachings of Jesus. And within a 300-year span, the Roman Empire was turned upside down by the gospel of Jesus. All because a ragtag group of 12, including many fishermen, were obedient to the call of Jesus. There is no telling what God can do when you are obedient to his call on your life. He wants you to say yes to him. You know, we did a sermon series uh, not that long ago called Why Easter? And we talked a little bit about how, you know, the suffering and death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, they're all historical events. They actually happened. But, you know, there's also meaning behind them. It actually means something. That the suffering of Jesus means something. He suffered, you know, by his stripes we were healed. We talked, about, we talked about the death of Jesus and what that means for our lives. We talked about the resurrection of Jesus and what that means. And this past week in the church calendar, on Thursday, they celebrate Ascension Day. And that's the day when the church celebrates that Jesus actually ascended into heaven. Now... I don't know about you, but if I was standing around with y'all and one of y'all started like floating up in the air and going into heaven, like I'd be like, bro, that is cool. Right? Like seriously, like if someone started just like floating up in the sky, isn't, wouldn't that be crazy? And so like the ascension of Jesus, if you look back in history, it's just really cool. The fact that he went into heaven. But it's not just a historical event. It is that. Well, what's crazy about the ascension of Jesus is this. The ascension of Jesus means something. You see, because Jesus was righteous, he lived a holy life. He followed his father to the nth degree. The Bible teaches us that when God resurrected Jesus from the dead, he didn't just do that. He didn't just raise him from the dead. But God the Father raised Jesus To the very highest place in the universe, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue must confess. That's why Jesus said in chapter 28 here, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to who? To me. He didn't say that in a proud way or an arrogant way or like, I got it all. He's saying, No, with pure humility and honesty, all authority in heaven and earth. Has been given to me. Every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. So we celebrate that Jesus ascended to the right hand of God because God has given Jesus all authority, all power in heaven and on earth. So here's a question for you Is Jesus actually alive right now? Oh, stop. I want you to think about this for a second. Is Jesus presently alive? Yes. And where is he? He's at the right hand of God. And what is he doing at the right hand of God? Is he up there playing with the clouds? Is he like playing chess with the Father? Like what is Jesus doing at the right hand of God? He's actually governing his kingdom. Because Jesus is a king. His kingdom is not of this world, but his kingdom is in this world right now. And if you've accepted Jesus, you are part of the kingdom of God, and he is governing us and unfolding his strategic mission and plan in the world. That's what's so cool about Jesus Ascended, because he went to the Father to actually do something. You know how the church was born? You know, like, it's, it's funny. Sometimes people like to tell birth stories, like the birth of my three kids. Or you like to share, you know, the birth of your children. It's a really exciting time for the most part. After the kid comes, of course. But you know, you, know, you want to know the birth, the, the birth story of the church? You want to know this story? Well, Jesus promised the disciples he was going to send the Holy Spirit. He ascended before their very eyes. And 40 days later, the church was born when Jesus from the right hand of God actually sent the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, the church was born. And God gave, Jesus gave the resources necessary to the church in Acts chapter 2, filled the church with his passion and his power to execute the mission God had given them. Go and make disciples. Jesus is alive. And let me just ask you the question is Jesus still directing the church? Is Jesus still sending the Holy Spirit on those who believe right now? We believe he is. And when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit on your life, he fills you with both the passion and the power to fulfill your unique part in this thing we call the church. And I just think that that's amazing. I think that God is so wise and so smart. He knows what he's doing and he is unfolding his plan and purpose and you have a part to play in this mission. You see, God's plan to transform the world was to make disciples. It's to make people that follow that believe and follow the teachings of Jesus. That's God's plan to change the world and is God is Jesus done yet? Is the job finished? No. There's still work to do. And so, God is actually calling you to give your yes to him. You know, our expression of the Great Commission is to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. See, every single church is called to be obedient to the Great Commission But at every church, it's going to look different. And we believe here at Coastal that Jesus himself is giving us the command to go to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. We believe Jesus himself is giving us that instruction. So if if you feel part of what God's doing here at Coastal Church, you feel like, yes, I feel called to be part of that, I would say the Lord has actually given you that command. He's saying, "Will you take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova? Will you play your part? Will you do it? This one up front will." She's like, "Yeah, buddy, let's do it." Now, some of us have a hard time with like hearing the voice of God, and sometimes like the disciples had Jesus in the flesh, and sometimes you're like, "Man, I just wish had Jesus like in the flesh so he could look me in the eyes." And tell me what to do, and I'll go ahead and do it. Now, I want to do a little illustration here. I'm going to ask my buddy James to come on up front. Some of you are going to hate this illustration, probably. But some of you, it will actually click. And I want you to imagine for a second that James is Jesus. Okay? He kind of. Someone told me the other day, he's kind of looking the part a little bit. But just track with me for a sec. I want you to imagine for a second that James is Jesus. And this is what Jesus is saying to me as a person at Coastal Church, but also as the pastor. Jason, will you take me into every community of Southwest Nova? And then Jesus would turn to you. And and I want you to answer this question, not to James, but to Jesus, in your own heart. Will you take me into every community of southwest Nova Scotia? Because here's the deal. If you are called to be part of Coastal Church, Jesus himself is asking you that question. And I would encourage you with all my heart to give your yes to that specific question. Will you take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova? Because you have a part to play. And maybe you're a bit reluctant. Maybe you're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to take Jesus in every community of Southwest Nova. Like, what, what's my part to play? Well, let me just start off and just say that if you're going to take Jesus, you, first of all, you've got to know Jesus. Jesus. Can't you can't take someone that you don't really know a whole lot about. So who are we taking? We're taking the Almighty One. He has the power. We are taking the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. We are taking the Advocate, the one who pleads our case. We are taking the author and perfecter of our faith. The one who started a good work in you will bring that work to completion. We are taking the bread of life, and when you feast on him, you'll never hunger again. You are taking the living water, the one who quenches the thirst of your soul. We are taking the cornerstone, the one we can build our lives on. We are taking the deliverer, the one who sets us free from the evil one. We are taking the one who's called faithful and true, the one we can put our trust in. We are taking the good shepherd, the one who cares deeply for your soul. We are taking the great high priest, the one who directs us and helps us enter into this relationship with God. We are taking the head of the church, the one who is directing us strategically with his mission. We are taking the I am, the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We are taking Emmanuel. He is God with us. Come on. We are taking the judge, the one who will judge the living and the dead. We are taking the king of kings, the one who rules and reigns the universe. We are taking the lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. We are taking the light of the world, the one who has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into this awesome kingdom of light. We are taking the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is a strong, all-powerful, mighty king. We are taking the mediator, the one who goes between us and God. We are taking the Messiah, the promised one who has been enabled to do what he does. We are taking the liberator, the one who sets us free. We are taking the Prince of Peace, the one who gives us peace in our inmost being. We are taking the Prophet, the one who knows your future. We are taking the Redeemer, the one who has purchased you by his blood. We are taking the risen Lord, who has conquered sin and death. We are taking the Savior the one who rescued you and me. We are taking the resurrection, the one who breathes his power into our bones. We are taking the door, the one by which we can enter into this relationship with God. We are taking the word, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. We are taking the way, the truth, and the life. We are taking Jesus, the greatest name that will ever be, into every community of Southwest Nova. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. It's got to be him. And you know, one of the gifts of the pandemic for all of us, it called everything else that we relied on to be stripped away, and it brought us to this place of humility and brokenness before God. We are like, God, I can't do this. This is too hard. I need you in my life. And people are more open to the gospel now than they've been in such a long time. We need Jesus. And I mean, the list I just read, isn't he everything that we need? Doesn't he give us all the things that we need? He truly, truly does. There's been so many people that have reached out with struggles or anxiety or struggling with their mental health and and I've got nothing to offer them except Jesus that's it I had a, a guy from our church here who's given me permission to share this story he showed up last summer we were at the Lions hall and we were doing setup and it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and um, we had chatted a bunch of a few times and I talked to him a little bit about God and And he believed in God, but he had yet to make that decision to receive Christ. And he was in a really dark spot in his life. And he just came up to me and said, I just got to talk to you. And so he opened up and shared, and he was just in a really, really dark spot in his life. And I don't know what came over me that day, but I just felt so strongly I had to be direct. And as he began to share with me, I said, honestly, I said, what you need to do is you need to receive Jesus into your life. He is the answer. And I kind of like surprised myself. I was so direct. And he's like, and then I was surprised because after I said that, he's like, yeah, I think you're right. I was like, I almost fell off my chair. And then I know, he no sooner, I no sooner got those words out of my mouth that I said, well, you need to like, when do you want to receive him into your life right now? And he was like, yes, I do. And I almost fell off my chair again. And so I, Prayed with him right there to receive Jesus. And that guy stopped by my office this week, and he was asking me questions about the Trinity and figuring out, how do I talk to God? And like, it's just amazing. Like, I had nothing to give. I had nothing to offer except Jesus. And yeah, we're still walking with a limp. We're still broken. We don't have all of our lives together. But you got Jesus. Jesus. And he is all you need. Amen? Coastal Church is not the answer. Coastal Church is not the Savior. Coastal Church doesn't offer you forgiveness of sins. Coastal Church doesn't get you into heaven. Jesus does. We're just an instrument. We're just a vessel in the hand of God. And so God has given us this free gift. Jesus said, freely you have received, now do what? Freely give. We're actually called to pass it on, to share what God has given to us. But let me ask you a question. I want you to answer this in your head. How do you feel about sharing your faith with other people? Do you think that that's something that you could do? How do you feel about actually sharing your story about the difference that Jesus has made in your life? Is that something you feel like you could do? Or, or how could you, how do you feel about telling someone else about the good news of Jesus? Could you tell to someone how to become a Christian or accept Christ? And a lot of people self-disqualify themselves right there. Like, I can't do that. I don't know what to say. Or I don't, I'm scared. They might reject me. And. We put all these walls up, but let me ask you another question. Has Jesus commanded you to share your faith? Yes, he has. And so there's this gap between, uh, God, I know I'm supposed to share my faith with other people, but I'm over here and I don't feel like I know what to say or how to say it or what I should do. Let me ask you another question. How high on God's priority list is it to equip you to share your faith and to teach you how to share your story? I'd say it's pretty high. If God's mission for us here at Coastal is to take Jesus in every community of Southwest Nova, and He wants you to take Him, He wants to equip you to actually be able to take Jesus. Because there's people that might not come to Coastal, but God has called you to go to them. And here's the deal. People don't need to come to Coastal to come to Jesus. You don't have to bring someone to Coastal to bring them to Jesus. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you have the Word of God, you actually have the God-given enablement and ability to bring people to faith in Jesus and to make Disciples. God wants you to take Jesus and make disciples. Are you up for the task? I can just feel like, man. That's kind of like, I don't know if I feel like doing that so much. It's like, I think I'm just going to just not check that box off. But here's the deal. Jesus is a king. He's given us his command. And with a king... There's no options. It's not like an optional, was like, Lord, I think I'll pass on this one. Like, I don't, I don't really feel like it. Maybe you're like leading someone else that has the gift. Or like, maybe, Lord, you could send someone else. And the Lord's like, nope, I'm sending you. And I've already given you everything you need. And I will continue to equip you along the way. But you are my instrument. And I've called you to go and to share, to take me into every community of Sawas Nova. And I get it. Yesterday I was teaching a uh, sharing your faith seminar at Yarmouth Wesleyan. And before I went to the seminar, I played hockey yesterday morning. And I was like, well, Jay, you're about to tell people to go share their faith. And I think, I wasn't myself, I think it was the Lord talking to me. He's like, you're about to go tell people about sharing their faith? That's better, you, may, you better make sure you practice what you preach. And i was like, okay, Lord. So I'm sitting on the bench to this guy named Sam and I just start striking up a conversation with him and I ask him about his faith journey and whether he goes to church. I mean, it just, it, it just starts with that. Like we make this big thing out of it but it's just simply someone you bump into Sobeys. You can start that conversation. Like my friend Michelle who I met, who, who came yesterday to the seminar. A few months back, She uh, bumped into her friend Tanya in Sobeys, of all places. And she started a conversation with Tanya. Tanya was going through a little bit of a rough time. So she invited her to church, and she actually, Tanya came to this worship night back in February in Yarmouth. Had a chance to pray with her that night. Anyways, lo and behold, on Saturday morning, Michelle brings a whole whole group of people. One of those people is Tanya. And here we are in an evangelism seminar telling people how to share their faith. And Michelle actually was up front sitting on a chair with me. And I was just teaching her how you actually lead someone to pray the sinner's prayer to receive Jesus. So anyways, we finished up the seminar. We're kind of everyone's chatting at the end of the seminar. And Tanya comes up to us after everyone's gone. And she's like, I really like to learn how to be able to do that. And we were like really encouraged. She's like, "Oh man, that's awesome. You want to go like be able to teach. You want to have opportunity to lead someone to Jesus." She's like, "No. I want to like accept Jesus." <laughs> so I'm like, "Yeah, buddy." So like I'm just like so pumped. Like this is such a cool story because on her own initiative. We didn't even like, she initiated it. She's like, oh, I need to become a Christian. Here she is at a sharing your faith evangelism seminar and she becomes a Christian. And so her friend Michelle had left and I'm like, Michelle has got to get back here. So I go through the foyer and I run into the parking lot and I'm like, Michelle, Michelle. You gotta come back in. And she looked looking at me all confused. And I'm like, I meet her in the doorway and she's like, Yeah, your friend Tanya. She wants to pray to receive Jesus right now. And she's like, What? And Michelle's sister Jan, who she brought to church, was there too. And she's like, Well, I wanna come too. And we're like, Okay. So Roger and Esther, who are on Staffie, Yarmouth Wesley, and we all make a big circle. And the Lord was like You need to get Michelle to lead her to Jesus. And I'm like, are you, Lord? So I asked Michelle, I said, Michelle, would you be willing to, like, lead your friend to Jesus? And she was so worked up. She had never done it before. But she's like, yeah, I'll do it. And so for the very first time, Michelle led someone to the Lord that she had met in Sobies. Who had come to church, who God had worked in their life. And now Tanya, i tell you what, man, we prayed for her, man, and it was just such a cool, awesome Holy Spirit moment. What would it look like, church, if all of us in this room, imperfect as we are, with all of our insecurities, with all of our anxieties, with all of our stuff, but what if we had the courage and the confidence to step out in faith And just start sowing seeds. And just start sharing our story about the difference Jesus has made in our life. And even try to share the gospel, even though we might fumble our way through it. And God uses our broken pieces and our broken message to bring people into this amazing relationship with God. So they can experience this incredible Jesus who has radically changed our lives. People don't need to come to church to come to Jesus. God wants to equip you to actually go out from this church and bring people to Christ. Your call is not to come and stay, but to take Jesus. So are you ready? And if you're not, you can join a small group this week we're going to talk about how to share your faith in small group this week. And there's sign ups out there and anyone's welcome to sign up. Church, we've been given a mission and I just can't even imagine all the lives that God's going to bring to him if we would walk in obedience and speak his name.